0: If I'm not back in an hour, call the police.
1: Okay. Young. At last, oh, we you. see each other playing Cartoons I expected. for kids. You'll wear a different chair.
0: For everyone playing along at home, we started this earlier, and um, Brandon forget forgot to fucking record, so we had to start the show over again. And yeah. I made a comment about how I was really proud of him for not doing confrontation as his bit up top. So I don't know what the fuck I expected.
2: You know, I was, so, gonna, this this was. a good <laughs> talk. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna roll. It's fine.
0: I mean, look, if you've listened to any of our episodes, you know this is how they all start. Welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your faves. I'm your host, Beth
1: Scorzato. And I'm your other always-on-topic host, Brandon Beck. And our guest today is Rula Escaf. Rula, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, guys. How's it going? Good.
0: Good. All I mean, you know, you
2: know how it's going. Oh, I do know how it's going. I've been sitting here for the last 20 minutes listening to <laughs> Yeah, listening to the perfect example of what marriage is. Oh yeah, listening to some premium dunk zone
0: content.
1: Yeah, the uh, the dunk zone has has somehow gotten much wider over the course of this quarantine, while physically being significantly smaller.
0: Well, stop doing dumb shit.
1: I, you know I can't do that.
0: Anyway, we're here to talk. Also this bold week.
2: of either of you to think that either <laughs> of you can dunk?
0: <laughs> oh no it's only it, it's no 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 we don't mean literally the dunk zone is a spiritual space
2: <laughs> I'm well aware it's not literally but let's not lie about spiritual we've all seen Brandon's hair
0: <sighs> Yes, but, well spiritually Brandon has no place in the dunk zone it's pretty much a place no. I dominate while dunking on him from orbit yep <laughs> Anyway, we're here to talk this week about uh, the wide variety of different kids' animations, still part of our animation series, um, especially in like the last 10, 15 years when they've been really fucking good. But before that, we are going to talk about a thing that we are into this week. Brandon, do you have something?
1: I do, in fact. (gasps) It's Tuesday. August no, 3, no. no. no.
0: 2020. No. You can't do this again.
1: Here in LA. <laughs> you
0: can't do this again just because you're going to talk about it in a bonus episode fucking two months from now.
1: Uh, okay, fine. I won't talk about the David Lynch weather reports again. Um, instead, I'm going to talk about another web series called What's David Working On? Oh, where David me. Lynch uh, shows you whatever little thing he's making that particular day. No, um, the thing I'm no into-
0: also, who is filming these?
1: <laughs> uh, he, he probably Bob or someone from the uh, the Black Lodge. No, the thing I'm into this week, um the Library of Congress recordings for this year just got announced, and it's it's a it's a really cool uh collection of recordings that got added this year. Uh, if you're not aware, uh every year the Library of Congress adds. Uh, films and books and albums and other things that it, that it deems like, like culturally significant uh, to the United States, that get added to like a permanent registry that's kept at the Library of Congress, um, and it, and it's it's a big deal whenever it happens, um, and this year among other things, they have inducted one of my favorite albums of all time, which is Mothership Connection by uh, Parliament, which. Uh, I just think it's I think it's funny that there is a official government document breaking down uh, the funkiest album that's ever been recorded. Um, They also added uh, Dolly Parton's uh, version of Code of Many Colors, um, the entire Purple Rain album and uh, the Grateful Dead's uh, Barton Hall concert from 1977, which uh, I did a whole solo episode about a couple years ago. Um, which I thought was an interesting thing to have added because it it was essentially adding a bootleg to uh, the Library of Congress, um, which which I thought was a really cool way to recognize um, a sort of like, you know, uh, audience recordings are you know can range from immaculate to terrible, um, and were for so long looked at as this sort of like verboten thing that it's cool to see you know kind of the ultimate you know, pristine audience recording get added to uh, the Library of Congress, because the dead basically invented that. Um, So yeah, the Library of Congress editions for this year are pretty cool, and you should check out the whole list. Um, I found out because I saw George Clinton was trending and got really, really scared that he died. Thankfully, he hadn't.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I didn't know that's how you found it.
1: Yeah, it's... Every time he trends and every time Willie Nelson trends, my heart just drops.
2: That's how I feel every time I see Tom Hanks' name in a in a headline, I'm like, No,
1: Tom Hanks. Right? Same with Betty White.
2: Yeah. Well I, Tom Hanks I've survived seen, the Rona, so That's I true. I mean he survived the Rona
0: the first time. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's true. Everything's terrible.
1: And he survived it with the Rita. The Rita re-
0: He did survive it with the Rita, yeah. That's true. The Rita and Rona. And then we all learned about his, bro, his super bro son. Oh, my God.
2: Okay, but he isn't his name like Chet?
1: Chet Hayes, baby. Chet Hayes.
2: Like, Tom. Tom, I know you're probably not listening, but if you are, what were you thinking? What were you and Rita thinking? That's I'm like, just imagining
1: Tom Hanks in his headphones going, aw. aw.
2: He seems like a lovely fella.
1: He super does. He seems like America's dad.
2: Oh, no, I meant Chet. Oh. Yeah, he seems like a fine dude, just
0: very, like he would smell like Axe body spray. Chet is the name that you
2: give to your, uh... Villain in an 80s movie? No, to your pyramid of Coors cans <laughs> in in the frat house, like, foyer. Because That's the fair. frat house has a foyer. <laughs> it does, just
0: none of them know what it's called.
2: Well, it's a foyer. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the lobby. Uh, it's oh, in your- the house lobby. It's for your coat Ooh. Boo. For your frats Boo. For your health Okay, the joke was fun- not funny the first time <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that is also the whole gag of this show
0: I got distracted kissing this cat again Can I just be into this cat this week?
1: Oh. Yeah, alright, that's fine
2: oh. It's the time of cholera you can be into whatever the oh. hell you want
1: That is true <laughs>
2: Oh, he's Hi. so good. Welcome to the episode about kids animation.
0: Yeah. Just, you know, dying. No, um, <laughs> let me see. What am I into this week?
2: Um
1: It's Monday, August 3 oh God, here in no, LA. It
0: is not I mean, it is, but no, is that I'm your not into David No, that's his <laughs> David Lynch weather report voice. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, he watches these every day and I can hear them from all over the house and they're not great. What are you surprised um, about? You married a dude who's
2: seen fish like forty seven times.
1: Uh sixty three times, please.
2: Oh god. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Look,
2: I know what I've chosen.
1: And that's not counting solo shows.
2: I I need you to know that's worse. You know that's worse, right? Yeah, yeah. he he knows.
0: We all know. Look, I this is what I've chosen, and I know that, and it's okay. This week, I don't know what I'm into this week, because this is the first week that I finally had all my shit turned in, and I, like, had a couple free days, and, like, I'm I'm really into that, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Like, I don't really know what to do with myself, but I haven't really... Oh, I was actually, you know what? I've been watching Warrior Nun, and it's, like, good. I mean, it's fine. Really, though, like, the main character is this girl named Ava, um and
2: she, like, I would die for her. She's adorable. Is she um, a nun who is simultaneously a warrior? No. Then what the hell? Yeah, because what? Because it's,
0: well, I'm only a couple episodes in,
2: uh-huh.
0: Um, anyway, so she—I'm only a couple episodes in, but it's based on a comic book series that was pr- printed by Antarctic Press like forever ago. But it's a creator-owned, so it's not like their property. But uh, the girl—there is a order of warrior nuns. I'm still like unfolding the story, so I don't totally know the whole answer to that. But the girl herself—at um, the in the very first thing you see is that she's dead. Um, and she was an orphan who was a paraplegic and was at this Catholic orphanage and she's died in her sleep for some reason and, um, and she's dead and then like in the course of the next scene like the woman who was previously the warrior nun who has this like halo like literally an angel's halo like embedded in her back um, comes in and they're all under attack and they take the halo out of her because she died and it's supposed to go to a specific person. But in the meantime, in order to hide it, a woman hides it essentially in Ava's corpse. And it somehow brings her back to life, but now not as a paraplegic, she can walk and, and, and of course she doesn't know what's happening. So she gets up and fucking runs away and is now running around Spain, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with her because last she knew she was dead and couldn't move her arms or legs. And now she's alive and she can. So she's just trying to like embrace that and not ask too many questions.
1: (laughs) So it's the born nun identity?
0: I guess.
2: Oh, shut up.
0: <laughs> I mean, she has her memories. She knows who she is. She just doesn't know what happened to her. I'm kind of feeling some Green Lantern vibes here.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: I I mean, I'm only a couple episodes in. We'll see. Also, is that oddly ableist? I I mean, maybe, but like the the one of the reasons that I'm like she's really sweet and like I would die for her is that like the actress is doing a really good job of just like really taking in stride like her character like really appreciating everything like oh my god like feeling the sand feeling like she jumps into a pool at one point and then goes fuck i don't know how to swim (laughs) because it just like she was just so excited to feel the water because she was just like i used to she was like up until a couple days ago i couldn't feel 95 percent of my skin so like like she like she does a really good job of showing the like wonder of someone like really experiencing all these sensations for the first time in like a really
2: joyful way. It's very sweet. It's on Netflix. I like that the magical halo. The magical halo has gotten rid of all the atrophy of the link. I know, I thought about
0: that. I was like when she first stood up, I was like, Oh, and now her muscles and bones work, whatever. Don't worry about it. It's a comic book. Don't think about it too hard.
2: Man <laughs> Magic. Yeah, whatever. Do you have anything this, that you're into this week, Rula? Um, uh, a little bit. So here and there, I've been I've been doing a few things. Um, I just finished watching my sixth watch through of The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Ugh. Um, I think that Ugh, show. I can't do
0: scary movies. I'm a baby.
2: That that <laughs> show is um one of the most beautiful works of art I've ever seen committed to film. I. Love that show so damn much, and every single time I watch it, one there's an episode that, regardless of how many times I watch it, I will be shaking actually shaking. And horror is my genre. I know I'm talking about kids' animation, but hot diggity damn, horror is my genre. I consume horror, I like all kinds of horror. The only thing I don't really like is like body mutilation horror. I think gore porn is really boring, but like Hill House. I have seen this damn episode six times, and I will still sit there actually physically shaking, and every single time I watch it, I catch something new. I think it's one of the most beautiful shows ever committed to film, and I encourage everyone to watch it during the daytime if you're a scaredy prince. (laughs) Uh, Beth, I'm looking at you over the computer. But yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And then uh, another thing that I've been kind of researching, because we moved down to Long Beach, I don't know if you knew if you guys knew that Mm -hmm. but we moved down to Long Beach, we now have this amazing um, house that we're renting. And there's a big old backyard. And I'm like, damn, this backyard could really use some sort of, I don't know, swimming situation. So I've been looking at like stock tank pools. Hell yeah. And and thinking about uh, buying myself one of those so I can just fill it up in the backyard and like lounge. I have a gigantic avocado floaty so I'm like yes that avocado floaty in the stock tank happening. Oh so Southern California. I'm proud of you. I'm you know vegan Southern California. These two things got to go together. I need my avocado. (laughs) All right then.
1: Hell yeah. So speaking of avocados why don't we talk about and if for the kiddos,
2: oh. do you want to go back and try that one again? No, I don't.
1: I don't know. Here, no. how
2: about this? Speaking of things millennials love, let's go talk about children's animation,
1: aka and for kiddos.
2: Fresh shavacadoo, free
0: shavacadoo.
1: Free, Shavakado. Free Shavakado. The the street literally <laughs> behind our street is avocado. And <laughs> for years it is, I have only referred to it as shavakadoo.
2: What yeah. else would you possibly refer to it as? Fresh
0: shavakadoo. Free shavakadoo. Shavakado. Uh yeah, God I miss Vine.
1: Uh <laughs> but yeah, so really we're here to talk about uh kids shavakadoo.
0: We, we had talked about at first we were going to do like a Steven Universe episode, but then you and I got talking and we just both have so many of these shows that we love that are just so good and like so much better than than they get credit for as, you know, quote unquote kids shows. Um, so we decided to talk about all of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, it would be it would be a great disservice to cartoons in general. Um, to Steven Universe, because Steven Universe does not exist in its own universe, fancy enough. Ha, 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 ha. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But- um, Whiskey! Whiskey! But, uh, yeah, I, I have a thing about children's animation and children's cartoons, really just children's media in general. Everything from books, um, kind of don't really listen to that much children's music. But I do have a three-year-old nephew, so you know I kind of have to. Yeah. Um, but like everything from books to movies to cartoons to to the shows to everything that they have, children's media is widely panned when it comes to um, how we envision the canon. How we envision the canon as far as literature goes. How mm-hmm. we envision the canon as far as Uh, television goes as far as movies go these these pieces of art and they are pieces of art need to be included in this and to only focus on steven universe would kind of be um annexing it from the rest of everything that has built onto itself to make steven universe possible and then subsequently to make all of the other cartoons that have come out before, during and after Stephen uh, Steven Universe possible. There would be no Steven Universe if there wasn't Hey Arnold. Mm-hmm. There would be no She-Ra if there was no she and He-Man. There would be no um, there would be no Avatar if we hadn't gotten, you know, animation like Inuasha and um, you know, some of the other earlier things, Helsing, the different things like that that have made animation really popular here in the united states without Mm -hmm. these things we would still be stuck in this world where animation and cartoons are only used as marketing ploys looking at you uh transformers and and thundercats all the other things that we grew up on in the 80s and the 90s we grew up on that stuff, and the the leagues that animation has come from then, the storylines the the boldness of these shows it really is beautiful
0: to watch there there are plenty of like quote unquote kids shows that like have absolutely wrecked me much more than any adult show
1: because oh, yeah.
0: it, it's just i i think they they have the ability to show these very As as someone who has also worked in kids media on the publishing side, it's this unique creating kids. I mean, God, I wrote my grad thesis on on uh, my undergrad and grad thesis on audience issues in like young adult publishing, so I get it, Mm -hmm. Uh, young adult comics. But um, it's it's this it's this wild needle to thread when you're creating media specifically targeted at young people because. Young people are the consumers, but they are not the purchasers, typically. So you have to thread this really unique needle of making something that is going to appeal to children while also appealing to their adult buyers. And I think that animation has done that, managed to do that in a way that written media and and print media hasn't necessarily figured out the right way. And, And it could just be an exposure thing. It's a lot more... It's a lot easier to expose your, you know, your parent to something that you're already watching on TV than it is to get them to pick up a book, flip all the way through it, read it, understand it. But in doing that, I think a lot of these shows have adapted to understanding that there are a lot of older viewers watching them. And so they're not, they are for kids, but they're not necessarily juvenile. They are much more reflective of the world around us that is complex, that there are things that kids understand. And there are complex emotions that kids need to learn. And if they can learn them through this observation, it's like a really powerful way to drive that home.
2: 100%.
1: And there are plenty of adult shows that are significantly more juvenile than most kids programming.
2: I mean, adult cartoons are, are mostly based in juvenile satire. And I mean, you look at, you know, I don't necessarily consider this quality at all. but if you look at like things like family guy and and different you know cartoons like that like simpsons had their moments but they've been on for almost 30 years yeah you know they've they've obviously had a lot to touch on during those 30 years but they still have taken most of their time to be about um kind of lackluster comedy it's the same thing with family guy where it's you know presented as this suburban american family but Nothing really reflects anything of any significance. And when you look at those shows, and then you look at things like Gravity Falls, like uh, Legend of Korra, like The Dragon Prince, like, you know, My Little Pony, even. These shows are taking these huge topics, these heavy subjects, and they are not only breaking them down to their to their basis levels so that it is easier to digest for children but they are making them accessible to the adults in their lives as well and beth you touched on something that is actually very interesting you said that they need to aim to get the parents in on it as well and i think specifically steven universe did that really brilliantly in that the first half of the first season Is kind of slow To pick up the pace of the story Like you get a few glimpses here and there I think it's like episode 4 Petey the the young Fryman was like you mm-hmm. know, Growing up is just working for A paycheck and then you go home and you're sad Because none of that buys happiness and you're like Holy shit kid why are you talking Like this in a kids show Whoa, And yeah. then you get you know cat fingers <laughs> Still one of my favorite episodes Here you go, kids. Here you go, kids. Have an introduction into Cthulian body horror.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Steven Universe is such a great example of, like, the ability of a show to grow with its audience because like episode season steven universe season one episode one is steven is sad because his favorite kind of ice cream sandwich is being discontinued and like season five episode whatever the final one is like steven deals with the emotional trauma of the learning that his mother was a war criminal and so does that also make him a war criminal let's discuss
2: like what Like <laughs> what a wild arc let me cry about Cookie Cat to let me cry over the corpse of my deceased friend, thus bringing him back to life with my magical tears I got from my war criminal tyrannical mother. Like, whoa.
1: That's also the end of the first Pokemon movie, m- minus the tyrannical war <laughs> criminal mother and putting in Mewtwo.
2: That's fair, I guess. Yeah, I could, you could say that. I mean, I don't give Pokemon as much... Uh, credence seeing as their whole thing is let's take these wild animals and put them in tiny little cages and then make them
1: brawl to the death oh yeah you definitely shouldn't (laughs) but
2: yeah there there are um so many shows just these amazing pieces of animation that we have now that we have access to because streaming has made it possible to do fucking whatever Mm -hmm. um and we are still seeing the same kind of vitriol coming from older generations of, oh well, why do you guys still watch cartoons? Blah blah blah. And you know it's because of you guys can't see it, but I'm waving at everything. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm waving at everything because honestly, just gestures broadly. Gestures broadly. It's like hiccup, dad. You just pointed at all of me. Um, but <laughs> but with. With these kinds of animation we not only have the escapism that we need to survive in a reality like this to survive in a world where we are run by tyrants where we are bought by oligarchs where we are in the middle of this global pandemic that is killing hundreds of thousands of people we need escape and then on top of that to have this escape be something that you can actually learn from and grow because of if you simply gave it the opportunity and that's the whole point is giving children's media media in general the opportunity to do for adults what it does for kids mm-hmm. and it's so important that we don't write it off because it, especially in children's literature so i'm studying literature i'm getting my degree in literature um there's hardly any focus on children's literature there's hardly any focus on it and yet most of the stories that we have now in the broader canon have been developed from some sort of folklore started to tell children so much of our so much of our literature is based on you know
0: allegory and you know old fables and I mean, it's funny, too, when we think that, like, children have to be protected from things. Because when you read the original text of a lot of these fairy tales, they're fucking terrifying. Oh, hi, Cinderella. Cutting off parts of her their stepsisters, cutting off parts of their feet. Yeah, we used to write fairy tales to scare the shit out of children. It was meant to keep them obedient so that they fucking worked in the fields for 10 hours a day.
1: <laughs> or in a factory.
0: And didn't complain about it.
1: I studied uh film in college, and it was very much the same thing, where, like... I, I took a couple animation classes and children's animation almost never came up. Like, I'm, I'm really struggling to think of, of one example. Which, which is-, is
0: funny because when you say animation, so many people automatically just assume, well, animation is a kid's thing. I struggled yeah. with that with my mom when I was a kid. Whenever I was watching, like, Futurama, she would be like, I don't understand why you're watching cartoons. And, like, she still doesn't like The Simpsons. And it was always – it always felt like this bias against
2: animation because it's, it's seen as for kids. It's seen as cartoony or obviously cartoony It's seen as for kids because it's meant to be exaggerated. These characters are meant not to be characters, but to be caricatures Mm -hmm. of real life things. And and when you look at it and you immediately write it off because it's quote unquote for kids, you're missing out on some amazing things that you can learn out of these shows.
1: And that just by like by volume, the majority of animated content is for a younger audience. Yeah. At least at least made here in the States. That might yeah. not be the case, uh, like in Japan or, or elsewhere, but yeah. Definitely the case here.
0: Well, that definitely has to do with how we uh, interact with, with media and particularly illustrated media here in the US. Cause like I could give you a whole lecture about the way that comics are treated in other countries and again once again i wrote a grad thesis on this like how comics are treated in other companies compared to here
1: I- i'm not being ironic when i say that please do
0: it's it's just we we don't we don't treat illustrated media in the same in the same way here because we view it all as childish and it, it's it's reductive and it's based very much in that 80s and 90s stuff that
2: was pure commercialism yep And it has moved away from that. It has moved so drastically away from that. I mean, and you can actually see it in the way that our current media portrays live action things versus animated things. So if you look at like the animated Batman series, all of them, even the modern ones, the animated Mm -hmm. Batman series, they go into some heavy stuff. They mm-hmm. do. I still get emotions when I see Batman walking into the park and sitting down with Ace and talking her down and letting her die with dignity. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole thing, to me, still hits emotionally, but then you look at I don't know, any of the CW shows, and they're campy and kitschy and they, they oftentimes kind of get laughed out of the canon and honestly it when you compare it to the animated series when you compare X-Men 3 United to the 1990s X-Men cartoons mm-hmm. you do miss a lot of the content of these these people were meant to be an allegory for the disabled for the LGBTQ for illegal immigrants for mm-hmm. all sorts of uh, I hate that term. Illegal immigrants. Undocumented uh, citizens. I hate that term. But... No, you I it. Yeah. It sucks. And when you look at the movies now, when you look at the things made for live action, they're made as these huge action things and you miss a lot of the heart from it. I kind of had that same feeling when I watched Captain America because Captain America, his heart thing yeah he was fighting nazis yes but his whole thing was about how fascism is bad mm-hmm. yeah
0: oh yeah you know, that's the great yeah. irony of, of a lot of shit going around right now in the comics oh, world in yeah. comic skate shit i'm like y'all missed the point mm-hmm. looking at you punisher blue lives matter people go,
2: go looking try it and-
0: you Jack Kirby would be rolling in his fucking grave. And e-
1: even if you compare, like, the modern live-action Spider-Man movies to, like, even into the Spider-Verse. Oh, the, like... that
2: is incomparable. Those oh, two
1: yeah. things.
0: That is one of the most beautifully animated movies I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, Bard none. That movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is hands down my, my favorite comic book movie that they've ever made. Oh, it's yeah, incredible. It's Lord incredible.
1: Miller are geniuses.
2: Yes. Absolutely. But, like, with with things like Steven Universe, with things like Avatar the Last Airbender, I mean, even into Korra and She-Ra and, you know, uh, My Little Pony, Hey Arnold, mm-hmm. all of these things, um, they, they encompass these really heavy topics. They don't dilute them, mm-hmm. but they uh, they come at them in creative ways. Like if you look at, like just taking for example, because I am going to go into my notes now. Hey, what up? Hell yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, no, you look hey at Arnold. Steven Universe. <laughs> hey, Arnold. Uh, you look at different different shows. Um, by the way, in case this hasn't been said, spoiler alert for all of you. Uh, yeah, if you didn't figure yeah. that out when I was
0: already talking about the end of
1: Steven Universe, y'all. Yeah, yeah Spoiler right? alert for all cartoons.
2: Spoiler alert for all cartoons. I'm about to ruin your day. Um, one of the big things that Steven Universe tackles, which they did in a brilliant way, and they did it in a way that was easy for uh, younger people to address as well as older people to address, Steven Universe... Took on abuse headfirst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they have spoken about everything from PTSD to emotional scarring to em- abusive relationships to Stephen being groomed. Yep, to being yeah. what he is. Pearl being groomed to be what she is. Garnet being groomed to be what they are. And all of them did not know at the time that they were being groomed. Yep. They took this subject, which... How many times have you heard some Karen going, Well, how am I supposed to talk to my kids about this? It's easy. Apparently you just talk yeah. to them like they're people and they get it.
0: Um, Part of that but- too has to do with... with- again, the U.S. sensibilities compared to the rest of the world. The rest of the world could not give less of a fuck about exposing children to sexual ideas and power dynamic ideas. They want their kids to be educated about that. They're a lot more concerned with the just huge amounts of violence
2: that we seem to be okay with showing in yeah. the U.S. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can watch a, a cartoon break the arms of everything you know, break the bones of every limb of a coyote by dropping a damn anvil on its head. But Lord forbid we have a same sex kiss on TV.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like the It's Ooh. like at the end of the South Park movie when Kyle's mom's entire like censorship crusade is like. Violence is okay, but dirty language is completely unacceptable. Yeah. Which is this, like, wild double standard that is so fucking true. When I first heard that in that movie, it broke my brain brain wide open.
0: It's because we're a country that was essentially founded by Puritans. Oh, totally. Uh, Not even essentially. (laughs) I mean literally, literally, okay. literally, literally. Yeah. look I'm from New England you don't got to tell me about this okay we still have the blue laws all right up until oh, about God. true I don't know how many years ago but at least the last time I lived there so like 10 years ago we still had the blue laws and you couldn't buy alcohol after 9 p.m. or on a Sunday <laughs> like it's just we're, we're a country that was founded by Puritans and so that has just seeped so deeply into our society and culture that like in the modern world that has very different problems than they had in, you know, 1619. Uh, mm-hmm. We we just have not adapted to, in, in a way that I do feel is harmful often to the kids we're raising because we're not exposing them to the right things. So I love this new wave of t- show, TV shows that has really tried to start finding clever ways to expose children to these really important totally. ideas. No,
2: absolutely. <laughs>
1: There's also a level of abstraction that comes from animation that you don't necessarily get uh, with live action that I think really goes a long way towards, like, honestly, parents not noticing that it can get to some deeper things or just, like, really in being able to allow it to get to deeper places that I think kids really respond to when you are honest with them.
2: No, and that's that's something that um, a lot of people have spoken about specifically with steven universe like episode uh season one episode 20 that's um that's the first time you mean sugar light that is the fusion that's actually one of the earlier times that you actually see a fusion dance that ends up working now anyone who has seen it will tell you that that is pretty damn sexual Fusion is meant to be a an affectionate thing where, it's like a at least intimate thing, which is why when
0: him and uh, uh, Connie Connie end up doing it, thank you, it's like so intense and yes, it's exactly. why everybody just kind of assume even when she like they even talk casually throughout the thing that like they're gonna be together forever. He's like, yeah, I can't wait till she's president and I'm her husband, like. <laughs>
2: Not, not to Rebecca Sugar for subverting those gender norms. Love you, Sugar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it the amount that they have the ability to covertly slip in and talk about because you are unsuspecting. Especially some of the parents are unsuspecting because Lord knows if they knew what their kids were watching, there would be some people. Typing in uh, to their other thousand people on the million moms against whatever Facebook page. Um, but, But they do have this ability to subvert expectations and to slip in a covert way things that would be somewhat taboo to speak about with children. Like... Going back to to the abuse thing, in Steven Universe Future, there is an episode where he sits down with Dr. Maheshwar and Connie's mom and she Mm -hmm. does a full body x-ray and he's got scars, just broken bones from head to toe, just these hairline fractures because he heals but those emotional scars still exist. And they talk about PTSD in such a brilliant way. And they normalize therapy. He, at the end of the season, he's like, yeah, I've been talking to my therapist about this. And I'm like, oh, normalize going to therapy, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then there's Lapis. Lapis.
0: Ugh. Lapis, who breaks
2: my heart every fucking time. Lapis, who has arguably the most heartbreaking story of any of them Except I'm gonna go into Pearl in just a second because oh, my god. Yeah. But but Lapis her entire storyline, up until she comes back to Earth, up until she returns to the barn and lives with Peridot, even up into those those that like set of episodes, Lapis's whole thing was about being abused and used. She was put into the yeah. mirror, she was used she was a slave. She was a slave. She was enslaved. And Then you have everything with Jasper, and they actually touch on consent as well because of the fact that when Jasper and Lapis fuse in uh, episode uh, 152, so the last episode of season one when they fuse in Jailbreak, Mm -hmm. that's a coerced fusion. It is not consensual. It is coerced. It is aggressive. It is primal, and it makes you feel uneasy it makes you feel uneasy because that's something that kids should be recognizing that even (gasps) though you said yes it doesn't mean that you enthusiastically said it was that my
0: sweet boy austin i just heard shaking in the background
2: it was your sweet boy austin (gasps) i just heard shaking in the background (sighs) sorry that's why i I gasped in the middle of your sentence (laughs) no it's all good
1: i was just trying to figure out who was shaking keys
2: uh, that is Austin. That is my. That's my little buddy. That's Austin and his dog tags. Ha! Dog tags. He's a very good boy. Sorry, you can continue. No, 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 no. He's a. He is a we, we get a lot of pod
0: cats. We don't get many pod dogs. So I got very excited. No. Pod pups. We don't get pod, pod pups?
2: pups very often. Yes. Uh, pups. He is angelical. Um, yeah. He's he's a good kid. But going back to the whole abuse thing. I mean, then there's. All of Pearl. Yeah. Pearl's entire story, her entire arc, all of it almost devolves when she realizes she was the victim of abuse the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. Rose, pink, rose, whatever form that whatever she Whatever you took, want to call her. Yeah. Whatever you want to call her. She abused her. There is a moment where in, um, in uh, Mr. Greg, when they are singing... It's over, isn't it? Oh, I was about to ask uh, if Pearl was
1: the the moment where I'm just fucking sobbing. I was about to ask if that was Pearl because that's one of the that is. It's over, isn't it? Is a Pearl
2: song, and it's God. Oh my God, It's Even more heartbreaking in Italian, and that's Steven Universe. I mean,
0: Steven Universe is also. I mean, just as a quick sidebar, their use of music
1: to convey a lot of these things is
2: really well done.
1: Well, Rebecca Rebecca Sugar is a fantastic songwriter.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, I I will still tear up listening to. Um, uh, damn it! What is the final song from Adventure Time? Uh, we all happen, happening, happen. Well, oh, I never watched Adventure Time. Happen, I never got into happen. that one. That one, Adventure Time is quality. It is a quality show. It has a bit more filler than, let's say, Steven Universe and some of the others, but it is a quality show. And even they go into these heavy heavy subject. I mean, it
0: technically takes a place in the apocalypse where he's the only kid left for no apparent reason. And, like, you see stuff about, like, the Ice King having been a human at one point before he was, like, twisted and perverted by, like, god. the apocalypse.
1: That <gasps> episode broke my heart.
2: Uh, the one with Marceline and the Ice King? Yeah. Yeah, where
1: they're just doing the road.
2: And and she sings that song? Ugh. Ugh. Oh my god. Kills me. Tom uh, Kenny
1: is, is one of the great unsung geniuses of just the acting world yes. who doesn't get the credit he deserves because he's you know Spongebob which is insane which is kind of another way we sort of ghettoize uh, uh, animation.
2: It's the voice actors it's the fact that Bob and Archer are played by um, what's his face it's, John Benjamin John Benjamin. It's, it's John Rathenberger being everyone in the Pixar universe oh yeah uh, it's there are so many ways that we that we I hate to say it this way but we tear down children's media. Yep. We don't give it the credit that it deserves. And I, I mean Pearl's whole thing in it's over isn't it? She says why can't I move on? And then later you find out it's because Rose specifically ordered her not to. Yeah. She spe- she gave her direct orders to never stop thinking about it.
1: Mhm. Jeez.
2: Yeah. That's heavy. That's yeah. emotional abuse, that's manipulation and they did it in a way where you almost realize in a slow, progressive manner that you're like, oh, shit. What kind, have, what kind of abuse have I been through that I haven't recognized as abuse because I didn't have something like this showing me what it was? Yeah. You know, you think about that sort of stuff. You think about the fact that maybe at some time in your life, you were ordered not to stop thinking about something. Yep. And it's heartbreaking. And we have this this ability to portray that in a way that isn't complicated because that is a huge issue that we have as adults, quote-unquote adults. I'm going to go little prince here for a second. Grown-ups never understand. Yep. But yeah. um, as adults, we catastrophize things that don't need to be catastrophized and we repress and ignore things that shouldn't be repressed and ignored. We have... The ability to overcomplicate uncomplicated issues. So when it comes to, there's always going to be gray. Nothing's ever black and white. Abuse is, is sticky and that's something that they show in Steven Universe. Uh, in. Uh, episode what was it alone at sea I think that's 315 I say have here in my notes alone at sea Lapis is out on the boat and Jasper comes up and she insists to have her back she says we had power unmatched I can't do this without you please come back and Lapis actually says I acknowledge that my behavior was also toxic because it's not just black and white it isn't a good guy versus bad guy and this is uh simultaneously a complaint and a uh and a like cheering of legend of korra i knew you were gonna say i was like she's gonna bring korra (laughs) into this right now you watch oh yes i am (laughs) i know you have more issues with
0: korra than i did but i also saw korra before avatar which i know you think is wild but that's just how it
2: That's like watching the that's like watching Last Jedi before you watched a new hope. Like- I think I told this story on the show
0: before, but we when we went to see Rogue One, there was a girl sitting behind us on a date that uh, had never seen any Star Wars movies before. But she went with this guy. Like, whatever. She was just a good sport about it. Uh, But it was really funny because the show, the movie started, and um, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away pops up. And I hear her go, oh, what a terrible font. And I lost my mind. I fucking lost it. I was laughing so hard.
1: And then at the end. Uh, Yeah, and then uh, at the very
0: end, her only question. I don't get it. Well, no, listen to me. Her only question (gasps) after watching Rogue One without having seen any other Star Wars was... What's wrong with Darth Vader's face? Because you see that one scene of him getting put back into his suit.
1: Yeah, why is he all a bad she asked guy? Was,
0: What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? Which of all the things she could have asked was like a pretty like not a big deal question. And the dude was like, Ugh, I'm not going to explain seven Star Wars movies to you. I was like, fuck you, my dude. This girl fucking came with you to this movie that she had no fucking context on and was a good fucking sport. And you dragged her ass here. She asked you a simple question and you're talking shit to her like, oh, I can't explain Star Wars to you. Fuck off. That's not even a red flag. That's like red fireworks.
1: That was like the woman after that fish show we went to.
0: That's true. Ah. We did did definitely see people, well, I did, breaking up after a fish show. But hey, when has that not happened?
2: Right? It's because when you go to a fish show, you realize that the dude who dragged you there, who's wearing cargo shorts and a, a Hawaiian button down. With Birkenstocks and socks.
1: Oh, thanks.
2: No, no. This guy was. There's, there's a
0: whole other contingency of, uh, like jam brand, band dudes that are all just like business bros. It's the, it's the overlap between Dave Matthews Band and like the rest of the
2: jam band world. I was about to say, is it Dave Matthews Band?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a bigger Dave Matthews fashion contingent among the yeah. fish world that I am comfortable. I really, in I
2: really hope that you feel ashamed for having that recorded.
1: Oh, I do. Yeah. I feel ashamed about everything, Rula.
2: <laughs> but... That's good. That's
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these shows, too, come from... I, I went and I looked up the uh, the flowchart because I knew it existed. Because um, I mentioned at the top that it was like, this has especially become more of a trend in the past like decade to 15 years of these shows. And it really kind of starts... A lot of people attribute it starting with... Um, the marvelous missus adventures of flapjack which i loved which is kind of a kind of silly show that was on um chowder was on at the same time which i really loved and they didn't delve so much into this but the people who got their starts on that show have since branched out and created so many amazing things just from the flapjack staff you get um you get pendleton ward creating adventure time you get alex hirsch creating Gravity falls you get jg quintal creating regular show out of adventure time you get bravest warriors rebecca sugar starts Stephen universe you get skylar page creating uh, clarence you, you get, get noelle stevenson making she-ra yep. like being puppy cat you get over the garden wall the royals OKKO, OK craig of the creek summer camp island amphibia owl house close enough infinitrain um fucking so many things i know i'm missing things
2: i'm gonna go ahead and admit to everyone that beth has written down this list this is like that moment in scott pilgrim versus the world where she reads off all the tea and then scott goes you made some of those up right um (laughs) i just told you i was reading it
0: at the beginning i said i looked up the flowchart here i've got it in front of me (laughs) it's it's fun to dunk on her isn't it yeah it's good
2: I'm just no, saying, but if you're going to junk on me, do it for something I didn't admit to. <laughs> That's valid and fair, but uh, it, it is true. A lot of these animators, a lot of these storytellers, a lot of these creators, they started somewhere, they walked so that their next show could run. That is also how I feel about everyone shitting on Cora's uh, representation of, of queerness. Cora mm-hmm. walked so that Adventure yeah. Time, Steven Universe, she uh my little pony all of these other shows could fucking mm-hmm. sprint that's know, what people, happened
0: people give so much shit to to like the queerness of Korra but also if you were you know around Queer. and aware during well also around and aware during the time of that like final episode people lost their fucking minds it was a wedding pose come at people me. lost their fucking minds over the insinuation of queerness. And people so and but then people come back and be like you're you, oh oh it wasn't then you have two people half of them saying it wasn't good enough and the other half denying it even happened and you wonder why it was so hard to get done.
1: And I think Nickelodeon in general has had a little bit more
0: We bear bears that's not on the list, but I like that one.
1: Oh yeah, We Bears is great, um, but I think Nickelodeon has had a little bit more of an issue with representing uh, some of those more difficult uh, concepts, like like queerness and things like that. They they feel a little more on their heels about it than Cartoon Network, which has been pretty forward thinking for you know that entire chunk of time
0: i mean look they look downright progressive compared to disney yeah i i think disney xd i think disney xd has given a platform to some really great cartoons over the past few years but they're still disney is very much a puritanical organization
1: yeah
2: so when you look at things like that like nickelodeon has a long history of Quote, end quote, family friendly stuff. Now, they have been slow about representation. It is true. However, when you look at Cartoon Network, Cartoon Network had always had the precedent of putting things out that did not fit the norm. You look back at Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Oh, I will. What the hell was that? What the hell was
1: that? Our cat is named after a Space Ghost episode.
2: Yeah, our cat is named after a Space Ghost episode. It's true. Perfect. See? Um, you look at Space Ghost. You look at freaking Ad- uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. See, oh, left 2021! Yeah. 20, <laughs> These were weird shows. Cartoon Network had a lot of wiggle room with this sort of stuff. They did. Yeah. But I want to go back to um, the whole thing with Korra and, and Asami because this was yeah. a big deal for a lot of cartoons. These cartoons have managed to um, portray... Positive, healthy relationships, and even more importantly, positive, healthy relationships between women, be- platonic relationships between men and women, and then healthy relationships in families, in uh, romantic relationships, in friendships—like they, they have really shot high and landed. In this representation of what healthy relationships look like, especially in comparison to what bad relationships look like. So when you look at Steven Universe, you look at relationships like Lapis and Jasper. And I hate to call it a relationship because, you know, it's, yeah. But it was, and they acknowledge it at one point. They were together. They fused. They were a unit yep that's why lapis admits that some of her behavior was toxic and why jasper had such a hard time admitting because abusers often don't see their their behavior as abusive but you look at positive relationships you look at garnet 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 had one of the most beautiful arcs i've ever seen because of the fact that at the very beginning she is portrayed as being this like paragon of what a gem should be and then even more so what a gem fusion should be but as they go on throughout the show this perfect relationship especially in Steven's eyes because garnet is a mother figure to him this perfect relationship starts to fall apart and they have to make the active choice to come back together and to heal and to move past their issues it is showing that even The relationships that look the best oftentimes have issues underneath the surface and those two people have to make the active choice of being able to come back together. And it was so healthy where at the beginning in what is somewhat unhealthy, they refuse to unfuse. They refuse to do it. They will not do it. Fusion is both a trigger and a comfort for them they stay fused the whole time they only come unfused when they are forced to but near the end of steven universe and then even more so near the end of steven universe future they have separate lives that are more fulfilled because they have the ability to come back and share them together and they are showing that a relationship isn't perfect it's work yeah Mm -hmm. And they portray it in a healthy way, and even through the Steven Universe movie, which oh my god! Oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they they you just go back kept and building about it.
0: it. They, they yeah, just you kept are- building on it. No, we don't need to go back and talk about it. We've talked a lot about Steven Universe, but my point is, every time Steven Universe came <laughs> back with a new thing, the movie and then future, they never they never- punches. they always they- grew the show to another level. They always grew the characters always. to another level. Always. And it's beautiful. And, and it's and fucking beautiful storytelling. Like, fuck that it's for kids or not. Like, it is such good storytelling. They're, like, that
2: the whole creative team, like, really, really they, just, They like, really knocked it out of the park. Treasured and their narrative. <laughs> treasured their yeah. narrative. Treasured their characters. And you see that same sort of care reflected in other uh, relationships. Specifically... Queer relationships. Korra saw me especially into the comic books afterwards. Um, I Not exactly a queer relationship, but Fight Me, all airbenders were somewhat queer. They actually believed that. Um, that's canon. That's canon in the books. Yep. Um, Katara and Aang. Like, they showed these somewhat tumultuous relationships coming back together and the two of them working together to make the relationship work you see the same thing in Steven and Connie they come together as Stevani, but that's not like their preferred way to be also let's talk about them being gender neutral I love that that's not their preferred way to be and and they they struggle a lot in future with like her dealing
0: with like she has all these goals and she's not going to put them aside for him yeah like Dealing exactly. with time management and how to Spend time with one another And growing up and, and making the Active choice to grow together mm-hmm. it's, it's They show that a lot with um, Lars and Sadie as well A little bit, exactly. they kind of seed that With the
2: two of them in the previous season Headcanon forever Lars is a trans man, I love that Headcanon uh, But uh, Yeah, all of that And then it, into platonic relationships You see Peridot and and the way that Paridot goes from being one of the supervillains into mm-hmm. being one of the group, and um, I don't know if they've ever confirmed this, but there have been a lot of people speculating that like Entrapta from Shira, Paridot is autistic, and it takes her working with the others to learn social cues. And then on top of that, it takes them accepting her and they do accept her. They're they're hesitant, but they accept her and they bring her in and they help her learn. They have this wonderful platonic relationship built between Peridot and everyone else. And I think that's actually one of the more important reasons why they never confirmed um, Lapis and Peridot as a couple. I think that, you know, having them be um, A healing self for one Another without ever needing to Confirm the relationship It's what you want it to be and I think it's brilliant Yeah there's
0: like an amazing There's an intense lack of Labels on everything in Steen And I love it. in a way that's really healthy That just shows that like you can have Even even if and not everything Has to be sexual because you're Dealing with these you know Alien essentially non-organic beings and like you know what Lapis and Peridot are for sure like weird life partners now but that doesn't oh, yeah. necessarily mean that they're a couple and it doesn't mean they have to be yeah. they could be if yeah. they wanted but they don't have to be like everything about Steven Universe is about consent and choices and exactly. and I think that that is important and, and, and I agree with you too on the talking about Avatar and talking about Korra that those are all showing relationships that are born out of trauma Mm -hmm. uh, is something we see a lot in media i think i think it's actually in a i don't know why i remember this in the movie speed uh where when they're when they're like talking to each other near the end and i think he says to sandra bullock like most relationships that are started in a traumatic situation like don't last yeah Um, but that's, you know, in movies, you know, we see two hours of, you know, people running for their lives or whatever, and then the, the the guy and the girl get together and it's happily ever after. And that's not how it works. I think a lot of these shows really go out of their way to take a relationship that was formed during trauma and play out how that then uh, works. And yeah, Avatar not getting its next two seasons and instead getting the graphic novels is kind of bullshit, but they do show that in the graphic
2: novels. <laughs> they do. They do show it in the graphic novels and I do have all the graphic novels. Well, okay, I'm still missing some of the like Last Airbender ones, but the Korra ones I have. But um it it is a a pretty big deal when you see and I do think that Av- that Korra, Korra specifically Nailed this the entire third season with with um, Z- uh, Zahir and and the Red Lotus, and then her attack in in the uh, end of the season, and then really all of season four being this buildup of Asami helping her deal with trauma, and the two of them dealing with trauma together. The final
0: seasons of both Avatar and Korra are really just about PTSD. <laughs>
2: It's really about PTSD. I mean, it, you, you hit one spot in the spine and suddenly Avatar State. Um, but it really is about dealing with PTSD. And like kind of going back to the relationships, you also see that cartoons have this really cool way of showing alternative relationships. I'm looking at Polyspace Grandma from, from Steven Universe, the gigantic alien who's like, oh, at this point, we're six gems but who knows if we find the right one we might make it seven she's polyamorous yeah she's polyamorous and they show all different kinds of relationships and fusions that weren't meant to be because love has no bounds to them because they're not bound by the same kind of physicality that we are we we are not capable of seeing the light that the person is instead of the physical that the person is.
0: Yep. Yep. And speaking of all different kinds of relationships, it's not just romantic. I think that uh, animation has a really great way of being able to slide in all these subtle things that maybe a kid should be being spoken to at school but aren't or things they need to see in their home. For example, I mean, any kid who is dealing with an abusive father who watches Avatar and and gets something out of that relationship yep. with Zuko, uh, can learn something that they maybe not have... They maybe, you know, while living in this horrible, abusive situation they're in, might not have ever thought, maybe this can be different. Maybe it can change. Maybe I should talk to another an adult. Maybe I should find my Uncle Iroh and go to them and say, hey, I, f- I am hurt.
2: Like, you know? Oh, everyone needs an Uncle Iroh. I mean, and it's it's not just zuko you look at zuko you look at azula you look at jet you look at Toph. Toph is dealing with abuse mm-hmm. in the oh, same not in the same fucking. way but she is dealing with abuse they are hiding her from the world and not allowing her to experience things that is a form of abuse because they're afraid of her disability it it also hits on ableism
0: they're couching it as being afraid exactly. for her and that
2: also um <laughs> Uh, talks about ableism as well where they don't think she's capable because she yeah. can't see and she is she's the most capable earthbender that has ever lived like holy mm-hmm. shit <laughs> yeah
0: and she's younger than the rest of them but let me tell you man she's the one of them that's not an idiot yeah,
2: uh, Toph Beifong is my everything she is she is my guiding light you know how people are but then she grows up. I'll never forgive them for letting her grow up. Oh, a right? Cop. Right? Right? Just because you have metal <laughs> bending that. does not mean you metal bend handcuffs. Like, yeah, you that. think Toph fuck the law Fung would become the law Beifong? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Toph looked at the laws of physics and was like, you think I can't metal bend? How about na dog? Ugh. How about I invent metal bending out of spite? Yeah. How about I invent metal bending out of spite? There's glass benders. There's lava benders. What up metal bending? Uh, like. Yep.
1: Yep. You know, on, on a on a, a similar uh, tack, so much of uh, what makes Steven Universe and shows like that kind of powerful is the way that it examines interpersonal yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and an example I wanted to bring up about a, a way a, a kid's piece of animation that really uh, examines like inside stuff in a way that I found incredibly powerful and that has stuck with me for years now is uh, the Pixar movie Inside In. Or I'm sorry, Inside Out. Inside Inside In is Mike Gordon's documentary about bass players. Inside Out is uh, the Pixar film.
2: Yeah, Inside Out. I actually have that one written down as something to talk about because movies are also very powerful pieces of media. And Inside Out specifically. Oh man, I had trouble watching that the first time. I was sitting there like, "Oh I'm yeah, I'm gonna fucking cry. I'm gonna repress all my emotions." And then like I watched it, I was like, "I'm feeling sadness."
1: Oh, yeah. And even like I was in my Mm -hmm. late 20s when that came out. And even just just having at that age, having this like uh, metaphor of the way your emotions work was like powerful enough to me as an adult that I talked about it with my therapist on a number of occasions. And, (laughs) And I think that movie is like genuinely going to be helpful and change the way people talk about mental health and like the way our brains work in a way that I think is going to be incredibly powerful.
0: I think I was just too distracted by the fact that the, the balcony at the L Cap is so tiny and my knees hurt so bad.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it does suck.
2: I watched, I watched Inside Out with uh, my partner, Natalie. Um, it was one of the first things that we watched together and she gave me so much shit for hiding my face when I started crying. And even now therapists actually use Inside Out when they're dealing with children. Therapists use Inside Out as an example of what depression looks like. It is a beautiful representation of what depression looks like. It's it's oh, totally yep, artistic and it's gorgeous. And Pixar Pixar really nails this. They did it with Inside Out. They did it with up they did it with Finding Nemo. They did it with a oh, bunch God, of different yeah. things where they take these really heavy issues and they portray it to kids. Up, I still cry every time I watch that first 15 minutes.
0: Of course you do because you're not a monster.
2: Yeah, because I have emotions. Um, <laughs> I have feelings. Yeah. Uh, I it, It's beautiful. And then the whole rest of the movie, learning to grow with one another, everything about those movies are, are gorgeous. And...
1: Oh, yeah. And that that opening leaves you so raw that the rest of the movie, like, that movie is hilarious. Like, it might be Pixar's funniest movie, but because it starts off with this, like, emotional gut punch that has you just straight up contemplating, you know, life and death and meaning, you Mm -hmm. know, in the first 10 minutes, it, like, I think it makes the, the laughs come a little easier, honestly.
2: It honestly does. Well, I mean,
0: that's kind of the same... It's also the first Pixar movie where they kill someone, and I don't mean Ellie. (laughs) Oh yeah, Uh, uh, what's his face? The 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 explorer. Yeah, where they drop the guy. Where they drop the guy from the balloon?
1: Kick him off the the balloon. Yeah.
0: That
2: was uh, that was a Clayton from Tarzan death. Is what that was. Yeah, for sure was. But I mean, you look at these cartoons, and uh, Brandon, going back to what you were saying about interpersonal relationships and really examining yourself bringing it back to steven universe because that's where the topic is amethyst does that amethyst is that example of really reaching into yourself and examining who you are and finding who you are to the point where in the steven universe movie the way to bring her back is to remind her that she belongs and that's huge that's huge for someone who is born in a way that um is abnormal it is huge for someone who feels abandoned it is huge for someone who is so damn insecure about themselves because that's what she is she's insecure but like they they help each other with their insecurities her and steven the the reason why they are the first to fuse is because they are kind of the same person and and then with that the reason why their fusion is in no way shape or form romantic sexual sensual or like anything having to resemble jasper and lapis um their their connection is deeper than what most of them believe fusion could be like garnet strongly believes that fusion is a thing you do between people who love each other Um, and that's not necessarily untrue it's just
0: that there there are are different kinds kinds of kinds of of love exactly Steven, Steven and Amethyst fuse because they love e- they do love each other very much, but what their fusion gives both of them that they both lack is a confidence. Exactly. Their fusion is like the number one person out here, like pew pew, I'm the fucking best. Go fuck yourself. And neither one of them are like that. And it's Natasha Leon. Like <laughs> of all That's true too,
2: yeah.
1: Oh wow. I didn't know she was on there.
2: Yeah, she's their she voices their fusion. Steven Universe has some of the craziest uh uh cameos, uh Patty Lapone is is Yellow Diamond. You have Nicki Minaj as Steven Light Un- or as uh, as You have uh Natasha Leon as as uh Smokey Quartz.
1: You got John Worcester as Greg's buddy.
2: Yeah. Like just I know that you love Greg so much.
1: I I, I do like Greg.
2: That's because he is Greg. You're, he does
1: you're, like not Greg. you're not, not wrong. He's not
0: wrong. But Steven Steven Universe is a is a great show that shows the like range of relationships that you can have. And I and I think that also kind of ties into what I was talking about, the things that we lose when we get into adult media is we tend to only focus on those romantic relationships, but there are so many more important relationships that are important to build and foundational. I mean, even expanding to other shows, there's like the 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 relationship between the twins on gravity falls is like yes. such an important sibling dynamic yeah. um and it or or the triplets on ducktales it reaches uh, ducktales too look we can't get into ducktales because <laughs> i'm just going to turn the episode <laughs> into talking about ducktales we both know that um but like that that one too the, the importance of family and it expands this expands a little outside of kids animation but i think it does have some crossover potential and is more well-known by adults but like things like
2: bob's burgers that shows a really healthy family dynamic bob's burgers shows bob's burgers shows what happens when family guy isn't shitty to the one woman on the show um yeah i'm oh god I hate it, but you look at you look at the twins from Gravity Falls. You look at the siblings from Dragon Prince. I'm mm-hmm. going to go back to my little list of uh, the Bolin and Mako from. Oh God, Dragon Prince too. Dragon Prince is fantastic. Let's talk about colonialism and how that's an issue. Yeah, um, but Dragon Prince, you have Mako and Bolin from from Korra. You have Sokka and Katara from. Um, from Avatar. Oh, Sokka.
0: Sokka is my sweet baby, stupid angel. I love him. Look, everybody, I think I texted you this where I was like, everybody wants to think they're one of the benders, but I'm realistic and I'm absolutely Sokka.
2: You are 100% Sokka. I mean, even going to, to way back and being silly, look at the relationship between the siblings from Animaniacs. Oh, yeah. oh the yeah, Warner brothers and sister, the siblings from Animaniacs and I went back and I watched Animaniacs and in the first episode they ripped into Ronald Reagan harder than I've ever seen anyone rip into him. Oh, I'm sure they oh, yeah. did. He's sitting in a uh, therapist chair and like the the siblings are like Messing around, and this therapist is like, Okay, tell me all about what you're doing. And Ronald Reagan's like, Well, I did this and this and this. And in on the notebook, it's like, uh, patient suffers from delusions of grandeur. And I'm like, Oh my god,
1: <laughs> yeah, Animaniacs also has the filthiest joke I've ever seen. the, in a, the uh,
0: fingerprints, yep, fingerprints. yeah, we, Oh, fingerprints, yes. And even that's actually speaking of we have an Animaniacs episode with Libby Letlow, you can go back and listen to and another one that we have an episode about um, that you mentioned before, but I want to bring up just in terms of um, alternate family dynamics is Hey Arnold, which uh, we did a great episode with uh, Jasper Sams about uh, Hey Arnold and, and she talks a lot about that in that episode if somebody wanted to go check that out. But
2: quick little thing on Hey Arnold, it's normalizing being poor. Yeah, it's it's showing what what would happen to a family first and foremost, Arnold's parents are not in the picture. That's his grandma and grandpa. Yep. Um, They are all poor. He's living in in a like, okay, well, admittedly, that's one of the most badass rooms ever. Yeah,
1: right?
0: but like but he lives in the boarding house that his family has to run and has to take
2: boarders for them mm-hmm. to pay the bills <laughs> exactly and like you look at his best friend god damn it what is his best friend's gerald name? gerald thank you that episode where he sells the watches and they end up breaking mm-hmm. that's heartbreaking olga is is oh my poor neurodivergent baby yeah um,
0: and that di- and they, a lot of the stuff they show between her and her sister as well is another one that's like a different kind of sibling relationship that are real things that kids may be going through that is so important for them to see reflected and for them to see resolved and for them to see healthy ways of dealing with.
2: And I will say this, the relationship between Zuko and Azula could not have existed had relationships like Olga and her sister not, re- not existed. Yep. Like that that comparison between the two of them constantly comparing one another to to you know the other it's it is a thing that parents do and it's manipulative and it's abusive and when kids see that there are shows saying that this is the cause of problems they stop and step back and go okay well maybe this is an issue Mm -hmm. and of course you know it brings it all back around to if it's easier for kids to digest it's easier for adults to digest like that is the whole thing that's the whole point that we of, of us not downplaying the importance of children's media because we we are looking at this one it's not kids making it it's adults yeah. so there are adults out there who know it there are adults out there who understand it, who the, the one thing that I have constantly said um, when I'm like helping people write papers or whatever is if you can explain it to a five-year-old, you know it well enough. Yep. Yeah. And, and they do. They take these really complicated, well, how do I talk to my kids about two men holding hands? And they're like, well, easy. You just tell them that they love each other. Yep. Yeah. Fancy that, which also comes back to a huge thing kids cartoons are are really doing they are doing the most work in normalizing sexualities and gender identities and Mm -hmm. i think that's huge because we see the failings of live action you see the failings of live action constantly even when they're supposed to be good relationships like i'm looking at Winona Earp with Nicole and Waverly. And if you haven't watched Winona mm-hmm. Earp. Oh, I have. Yeah, I know you have. Um, <laughs> but even their relationship, which is a good relationship, there is an instance of cheating. Yep. There's an instance of cheating. And there's also a lot that they don't
0: address their that they they just kind of skim over like oh well you know she's realized she's realized she's she's gay so now she's in this relationship now and they like don't at all let her explore what that means to her they just assume that she could jump into a relationship with a long term relationship a long term relationship and everything would be fine and normal but like no
2: she has to figure out who she is <laughs> there's the figuring out who she is there's an entire coming out that they breezed right over just skim over yeah they did a much better job with the coming out aspect in supergirl with alex danvers they did a much better job with that but like they still don't have the ability not to dramatize it the way that they do in the way that they don't in cartoons cartoons like um I I read this thing a while back, specifically about Steven Universe, where it was a mother and her son, who was like six or seven, was talking to her. And he said, if I were a girl, I would marry Pearl. Mm -hmm. Did not even need to have it explained to him that Pearl prefers women, Mm -hmm. that Pearl is gay. It just was known. Yep. Yep. There was no need to come out because there was nothing abnormal about it. It actually reminds me of something my mom told me recently about my nephew, who is three years old. My nephew, she was talking to um, him and he was like asking why people live together. So she explained having kids and, you know, all that stuff. And he goes, oh, what about um, my sister, his aunt and her boyfriend? And she said, yeah, eventually they're going to get married, move in together and have kids. And he goes, well, what about uh, Lala, which is what he calls me, and Natalie? just acknowledge that we were a couple. Yeah, because he recognized that you were together
0: because kids see things and it's not as hard for them to understand as we seem to think.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It was so simple for him. It's funny because we,
0: we tend to, as adults, forget that kids do not come out with preconceived notions of society. So yeah. while I think people... In the grand scheme, when we were talking about, like, kind of talking about the larger canon and how we treat kids' media, we tend to, as adults, treat it like it's reductive when it's actually the opposite. It is so complex. Adult media tends to present things in really in really reductive ways. And kids media tends to present these really complex ideas in very simple ways. Like you were saying when you were like, oh, can you explain it to a five-year-old? Are you ready to, to, to your paper? And a lot of people would take that and be like, well, I don't know how to explain this to a five-year-old. It's so complicated. Well, no, it's really not, actually. Kids understand things if you just say them to them exactly as they are. They don't really yeah, – yeah. kids – a five-year-old doesn't care about – the history of the civil rights movement and the you know same-sex movement or colonialism they don't need the context they just need the truth and then that's what they move forward with exactly exactly
1: there's a quote that i heard years ago that was that was based around uh like scary stories for kids and uh say what you will about neil gaiman he uh he phrased it pretty well which is like the point of scary stories for kids isn't to teach them that there are monsters kids know that there are monsters the point is to teach them that they can be beaten yeah and like that really stuck with me in a way that i think a lot of animation does with a lot of these bigger concepts of like no kids know that that this stuff is there you know it's just if we treated them with any amount of respect you know it wouldn't be an issue
2: Exactly, and and that's something that we don't do. We don't do it to the entire genre. We don't we don't treat we don't put any respect on the things that we are entrusting to teach our children. Yep, yeah, like, and and it's a huge thing, and especially when it comes to sexuality and gender, and um and race equality because that's a huge deal right now and there are a lot of cartoons i mean if you go back and watch the boondocks they've been talking about it since oh yeah boondocks
0: has been screaming about this for 20 years
2: (laughs) and i mean it's not new we've been hearing about it if you listen to the actual words coming out of the voices of people of color you've been hearing about it since forever Yep. there's always been mention of Jim Crow. There's always been mention of, of violence and like Will Smith said, it's not that it's getting worse, it's getting recorded. That's true. Like, yeah. And and a lot of shows have the ability to, to address that. Like if you look at the old X Men cartoons, that's same kind of discrimination.
0: I know. Any people who are like, I'm a fan of the X Men, but then are also like, I'm super racist. I'm like, you missed the point of X Men. You missed <laughs> the point,
2: pal. You missed the point by a full mile. Yeah, you not know, I mean, like,
1: nerds missed the point. I know the right? point.
2: The point could have sat on their faces.
0: Like I, we already talked about about King Kirby rolling over in his grave.
2: Yep, <laughs> <laughs> the Ugh. point could have sat on their faces and farted into their eyes, and they still would miss it. Comics gate.
1: That'd be too good for them.
2: <laughs>
0: anyway, uh, yeah. before we before we uh, start to wrap up here, uh, we. Uh, Oh, I could have gone way longer. I know, but we're, we're we are we we try to not keep our people too long. We can keep talking about this all fucking day. You know that, oh,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, and I would
1: take it to the DMs, y'all.
0: We touched heavily on a few shows, but for people who haven't seen a lot of things, I kind of wanted between you and I see if we can kind of wrap, put together a little list here of of some things that we think people should check out. Obviously, Steven Universe. Uh, Avatar yep. and Cora, don't be like me and watch them backwards. Apparently, apparently, please bad. watch
2: in order. There's context. There's context there, and it's it's gone. Like how you miss you meet old lady Toph and it's like who the hell is this old
1: lady? Why she's so angry? And then I looked it up. That's worse. Beth also watched Angel before she watched Buffy. So What's like, wrong with you? I know, right?
0: What kind of queer Im- I still haven't watched Buffy because I find her very annoying. That's fair. Valid. And kind of maybe the point. I also never made it through season four of Angel. It did, in fact, kill me. Oh, yeah. Four is trash.
2: Um, but there was a fourth season. Yeah, right. There, there was five. apparently
0: a fifth one, too. Um, the fifth one, uh, low key slaps.
2: You just like the puppet episode. Okay, you like fish. You like fish. You're not allowed to have an opinion. He on just words. likes the puppet episode. episode. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, so we talked about like Steven Gordon's Universe.
0: Slaps. We talked about Steven Universe. We talked about Avatar and Korra. Um, anybody who's listened to this show long term knows that like I can highly, highly, highly recommend DuckTales. Um, I can also super recommend Gravity Falls, Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Infinity um, Infinity Train. Infinity Train. Uh, newer stuff that's on I've been enjoying owl house um though that's pretty much on right now um and uh I've also very much been enjoying a lot of Netflix has been kind of killing it lately Netflix is killing.
1: Kill it. They're, they're continuing the kind of like cartoon network aesthetic a little yeah,
0: bit. Yeah. I've been really enjoying Kipu in, uh, in the Age of the Wonder Beasts. Um, Dragon Prince has been very good. The entire series of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power was just devastating. Even, um, you know what? Not everybody agrees with me, but the newer Voltron they did, fucking uh, sobbing, sobbing. I haven't
2: seen it, it yet, but I'm Oh my God.
0: To- that Voltron was so good. Uh. Like, there's so much out there
2: right now that is just ready to be consumed. I do have a little mini um, list. Uh, We've already mentioned Steven Universe. We've already mentioned Gravity Falls, Avatar The Last Airbender, She-Ra, Kipo, Legend of Korra, Dragon Prince. Um, But actually go back and watch the old schools as well. Go back and watch Hey Arnold. Go Mm -hmm. back and watch Animaniacs. Go back and watch... Recess. Go back and watch Futurama because oh, there Futurama. were a couple episodes of Futurama where, even in those super like silly shows, I mean that episode with Bender meeting God. Oh, um, yeah. The episode of The Simpsons where it's the Castaway uh, episode and Homer comes back and begs March to take him back. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. The the animation that that skews more adult, I think they have more episodes that really touch on a lot of these themes, but they definitely but do they it. They don't have. They don't have
2: the wide breadth, no, that no. that kids animation does because yeah. they use that as as themes for the entire show. Yeah.
1: Futurama was the first time I'd ever watched a cartoon, and I was in like seventh or eighth grade at this point, where I was like, "Wait a minute, this made me sad, and I, I, I liked it." Was it Seymour? Was it the Seymour episode? It, it wasn't Seymour though. Seymour, mm-hmm. like. I get teary-eyed even thinking about Seymour. It was the one. Uh, it was Luck of the Fryrish, uh, the one about Fry's brother.
2: I remember that. The one where his brother and he take he names his son Fry after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah.
1: that. That that would that just broke my heart. But also, I was like, but it's 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 Futurama. I'm supposed yeah. to be laughing, but now I'm sad what i like this
0: i'm trying to think of even some other older ones um oh gargoyles fucking slaps and deals with a lot of stuff like that um deals a lot with with history and and legacy the old x-men that we were talking about the 90s x-men
2: the old dc uh cartoons and everything all of these oh yeah like tailspin is also my jam (laughs) tailspin darkwing duck yeah freakazoid Yeah, go back and watch all these shows Because they are quality Yeah, there are moments where you're like But at the same time The the amount that they set up For what we have now Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is At their time, so many of them were
0: like Considered quote-unquote subversive But you watch them now and you're like No, they were just talking about real things that are happening in the world Exactly Exactly Batman Beyond did that in a
1: really strong way Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah Like Animaniacs probably taught so many kids about satire.
2: Taught kids about satire, taught kids about sarcasm, taught kids about states and how to sing them. And all the countries of the world that we're not allowed to visit now.
1: Yeah. True. And and how to do satire and sarcasm without being mean about it.
2: Exactly. And that's another big thing. A lot of these shows manage to be funny Without being mean, and you know what? I've actually thought this uh, a couple times. the The best version of a live action, what I would call quote unquote, cartoon, is the Good Place. Oh the, yeah. The Good Place is very cartoonish. It is very much a, a live action cartoon in the in the ridiculousness that they take on, make funny, and then teach you moral ethics at the same time.
1: Oh yeah that 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 show like literally. Changed the way I look at death. Same, <laughs> like, like that. That finale wrecked me in a way no comedy finale ever has.
2: I, I have a whole new philosophy on existence because of that show. Yes, and it's brilliant, and it's it's wonderful. And we need more live action shows like that because that took the tenets of cartoon and made them live action. Oh yeah, all of those and- people were caricatures.
1: Oh, totally. And even like if you look at at Parks and Rec, which was the sort of immediate Mike Shore predecessor, Mm -hmm. that was also a very warm show that didn't traffic in being particularly mean, but also never got particularly deep. And Good Place was able to do both of those things exceptionally well.
2: Exactly. And, you know, again, with a live action cartoon, you have Scrubs, which also did the same thing. Oh, yeah. So like these shows are running now because cartoons set it up.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think because the people that are now writing those shows and are, and are writing the cartoons that are being made now grew up on stuff like that. So there, exactly. there, there is less and less the stigma towards animation and cartooniness, I think still comes from boomers mostly. Yeah. And like, as they're getting older and, and, you know, getting out of the picture, uh, there's less of that hesitancy to just embrace like, no, it's fun to be cartoony and you can do some really powerful stuff with it.
2: Exactly, and um, I thought of another cartoon to go back and watch. Go back and watch Doug. Oh yeah, yeah. Go back and watch Doug because which I think they just put on Disney Plus. Yeah, I think so. But Doug was fucking quality, and that was that was autobiographical.
1: You're right. It was that was sort of loosely based on Jim Jenkins.
2: Yeah. Like, there was a point, uh, I watched an interview where he was, where everyone's like, no, you can't have Roger do this. It's unrealistic. And he goes, no, but it happened. Yeah. And everyone's like, what do you mean it happened? He goes, you guys do realize this is based on my life, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And who amongst us doesn't have an uh, eccentric inventor neighbor?
2: Yeah. (laughs) I
0: was going to say, I was going to say, we just, uh, there's some other great movies we talked about too, uh, Inside Out. I could also go to Lilo and Stitch and they're- Alone,
2: um, Stitch deals with trauma and sibling relationships. Yep. I mean, you.
1: Iron Giant.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Giant. Damn. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, that that hurt me just thinking about it. Oh, I am
1: Superman. Oh god. Um,
2: but I did have one more point that I yeah, wanted to make, and absolutely. this is We're this here is for pretty it. much like the the crowning point of it all kids cartoons kids shows kids media reminds adults of one super important thing and that it is not shameful to change it is not shameful to learn it is not shameful to change your mind this is a huge thing that we're dealing with especially Especially now mm-hmm. in this day and age when everyone's like well if I change my mind doesn't that make me a hypocrite I'm like no that makes you no. it makes up. you as powerful yeah. as Zuko go fire bend it- the earth <laughs> exactly don't be ashamed of learning take these lessons and show
0: learn. me a better redemption arc go fuck yourselves
2: <laughs> literally best redemption arc fuck game of thrones um
1: but oh, game of thrones was what turns out was a tragedy with a heel turn yeah, right? Ugh. As was God, Veep, the oddly.
2: The worst. Okay. Live action shows are, are garbage. And yep. these these shows, these kids shows, tell us especially, uh, and this is something that Steven Universe has specifically said. In the movie, he says, you can make a difference. You can change. And then, of course, she goes meta and says, you can't fix every problem with a stupid song. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which is one of my favorite lines in the entire fucking movie. We'll see about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see about that. Whack. But, yeah, we we as adults are afraid to admit we were wrong. We're afraid to admit that we have things to learn. We're afraid to admit that we are... Um, not infallible and that's a huge thing for kids to learn as well adults mess up grown-ups are fallible mm-hmm. we are still humans and kids look at us as if we have all the answers in the world and we have to be okay with telling them i don't know but let's learn together yep this has to be something that that people work for because if not we are stuck in the same shit that we've been stuck in for as long as we've been stuck in it mm-hmm. and um yeah yeah i I feel very strongly about um, about having that be the key tenet is being okay with educating. Hell yeah. Being oh, yeah. okay with being educated, being okay with educating others, being okay with sharing your story, being okay with changing and growing. And that's the biggest thing that we tell kids, but we don't take our own advice. <laughs> that's true. Beautifully said. And and we're hypocrites. And we need to acknowledge our hypocrisy And work on making it better Because we're not doing a good job And therefore we can all work
0: on ourselves By watching some kids shows and learning
2: And just accepting Mm -hmm. the lessons And also you know Cool mysteries Go watch Mindful uh, Mindful Education of Steven Universe Learn how to freaking meditate Heck yeah uh, (laughs) If I can put out one little tiny PSA Arrest the cops who, who killed Breonna Taylor And Flint Michigan still doesn't have Clean drinking water both of those things are
0: true.
2: Yeah. We're, so, we're, we're yeah. very, we're
0: very pro that stance on this show. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the larger issue is not that they haven't been arrested. It's that what they did was not technically illegal. That's the Ugh. real problem, but we're not going to get into that right now. Anyway, nope. uh, I could come back for one of those. If you wanted people to find you on the internet, which if you don't, then we can skip this part and we'll just cut it out. But if you wanted people to be able to find you on the internet or follow anything of yours, where would they do that?
2: Um, I am on the Instagrams and um, on Facebook. I technically have a Twitter, but I don't know how to do the Twitters. That's fine. So That's probably bad. bad at it. You're not missing um, anything. Uh, yeah, probably not. But um, I do have Facebook. I do have Instagram. I I am a lover of education. I'm a lover of discussion and all sorts. I'm a humanities major. Um, <laughs> <laughs> If there are people who wish to discuss certain things, I am—I have an open door policy with pretty much anything so long as it's respectful. Yeah. And I mean, even sometimes, maybe not, because sometimes the disrespectful people need to be spoken to as well. If you oh, yeah. Have- you were making fun of me
0: for coming at someone on your timeline the other day because you were like, damn. And I was like, look, I don't know her directly. So I came at her sideways in another comment.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was some... Uh, I watched you uppercut someone. A complete stranger, yeah. yes.
1: The height on the punch alone was impressive.
2: Yeah, it was, it was the Mortal combat <sighs> yeah.
1: fatality. Uh, fatality. Fatality.
2: Yeah, and I watched, I watched you Ryu street fighter someone in the face is yeah. what happened.
1: Oh yeah, when she's fully powered up, it is impressive.
2: Power level 9000. Well, look, I'm, I, I, it was it was on the, uh,
0: for context, for those at home, it was on somebody trying to understand why Blue Lives Matter is bad to say, which ultimately kind of boils down to a language issue. And I am 100% the number one person to get in an argument about word choice. So I've got a lot of
2: ammo there. <laughs> Let's play with linguistics and talk about how semantics matter. Trudette. Brandon. Trudette.
1: Uh yeah, I can I can be found all across the internet at Hell yes Brandon. Um, I've got the Happy Seppy Grown Up Hour, third Wednesday of every month on Twitch.tv slash Pack Theater. Um, which
0: may be the week this comes out.
2: If you give me one second to look, um, that you reminded me that I should probably uh drop my handles. Um, oh yeah, my go for name, it. my name is Rulaska. if You can look for me. Rulesgaff on Facebook um, and then my handle on the Instagrams is rules and Austin so just R-U-L-E-S A-N-D A-U-S-T-I-N um, a very good pod pup it's a very good pod pup that's the majority of my timeline it's my dog so if you want to see good. if you want to see a grade A doggo that's the place to do it Hell yeah! And it,
1: occasionally some real good gumbo He's a very oh, good so boy, and sometimes a
0: very good gumbo. gumbo. Yeah, that's that's the that's big old boy, big old cat. Uh, actually, no, sorry, babe. This will come out the week uh, the week before this. You you were on Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour last week.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yeah. So, but we got Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour third Wednesday of every month on uh, Twitch.tv slash Pack Theater. It's a kids show for adults. It's it's horny Sesame Street featuring new songs from me. Uh, every month
0: and it kind of actually strives to do what we were talking about in this in present these like really basic life concepts to adults like through a kid's lens like they do an episode on freedom or on you know preparedness or on I don't remember depression or change yeah Uh, that's awesome and, and so yes. it's cool. It's fun. It's a good show. They do good yeah, work.
1: It's it's real fun. Um, I basically get to be Andy Richter if he also played guitar solos, which is like exactly my niche in the world. And
0: he usually writes like at least one stupid song per, per show.
1: Yep. Uh, spe- speaking of, I just put my most recent one, uh, the Jimmy Buffett parody Apocalypse Party uh, up onto the YouTubes. Um, so go check that out. Um, Inkblot has some stuff on YouTube and SoundCloud and I've got some SoundCloud stuff. Yeah, that's basically it.
0: Yeah, you know, we're all still just stuck inside. Not much to plug. Yep.
1: Can't um, do shows at this point, so like... Eh.
2: Brandon, should you ever need uh, weird voices or voice acting or whatever, I know quite a few people and I am also available.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
2: I will just do things for the shits and giggles of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, you can find you don't me know and- what
1: you've just gotten yourself into, but thank you.
2: I really hope I don't and I hope I am pleasantly <laughs>
0: surprised. <laughs> Uh, you can find me everywhere online at B Scores with an underscore at the end, B E E S C uh, O R E S. You can follow the show online on Twitter at, at IntuitPod. And on, I think you should be into it on Facebook. On Instagram, you can follow the hashtag IntuitPod um, because I usually just post those from my own account because building followers on a separate Instagram sucks. Uh, and uh, I didn't want to do it. So we just have a hashtag. But you can follow hashtags now. So go ahead, try that out. Uh, thank you as always to kaylin west and tiny stills for the use of our theme song starting over is a lot like giving up off the album falling is like flying uh she's got some no music out too that she's been putting out during quarantine and uh we suggest you go check her out
1: she's also on patreon
0: she is on patreon nice stuff good stuff good stuff she also has a very good dog if you follow her online his name is ernie Ernie
1: and he's a big old french bulldog and he's some premium beef yeah Well, roulette. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. This was an absolute blast.
2: Thank you guys for having me. Um, I have uh, so much to talk about. If you guys ever want to do a repeat, I am here for it.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll come back around. No, I've got
1: opinions. Oh yeah,
2: (laughs) it's all the show is about. Mm Mm-hmm. I dig
1: it. I can dig it. So yeah, all that being said, podcast over now is it over. goodbye? It's, it's over, been two hours isn't, now. It, isn't,
2: isn't it? it over. Isn't
1: it over?
2: It's over, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't, isn't it
0: over? It over. Ah, cool, now I'm gonna go cry. All right, bye. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs>